From ABC7 New York, this is Eyewitness News Extra Time. And good evening, everyone. Welcome once again to this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. I'm Bill Ritter, and yes, it is raining out there. We are bracing for impact. That's what we're calling it. Another big storm will grow more ferocious by the hour tonight in the tri-state. The rain already following and over the next several hours the downpours will get heavier the wind will get pick will pick up very fast and there are real worries tonight about flooding and power outages throughout the area it's going to be a long night for the tri-state and a long night for the eyewitness news weather department as well as meteorologist jeff smith can detect a test stay inside if possible that's the mantra i guess yeah, i mean there's no sugarcoating it it is going to be a blockbuster storm right through about midnight or two o'clock in the morning that's when the brunt of this is high wind warnings new york city we're talking about long island down the jersey shore and also into coastal parts of westchester and fairfield county connecticut gusts of 45 to 60 miles per hour or even potentially a little bit higher than that over parts of long island and look at this already multiple river flood warnings the saddle river expecting major flooding by later on tonight the pompton river major flooding that'll crest during the day tomorrow, Passaic River. That doesn't crest until later on in the week. One of the larger rivers, a lot of tributaries feed into that, of course, as we learned last month. And there's a flood watch in effect for the rest of the area. Also a coastal flood warning, South Shore, especially the back bays of Long Island. Wednesday morning high tide could be widespread. Moderate flooding may be isolated. Major flooding, two to three feet of inundation above ground level, maybe some 50, 15 to 20 foot breaking waves causing beach erosion along the shoreline as well. So heavy rain this evening, totaling two to four inches for the entire area that'll cause widespread flooding problems flash flooding urban areas and also on streams and eventually rivers strong winds gusting up and above 60 miles per hour the highest of which would be over long island and coastal flooding issues into tomorrow morning and definitely some widespread power outages overnight tonight already get a report of a, a tree down over parts of middlesex county new jersey and south brunswick so the brunt of the storm beginning to move in right now you see the rainfall continuing to get heavier and that trend will continue during the evening hours look i mean we go into a whole new gear between 9 p.m and midnight with a potential squall line moving in from the west and that could even contain some rumbles of thunder and that heavy rain will bring down some of these super high wind gusts from up above all the way down to the surface so we maximize our rainfall and our wind right around midnight uh, later on tonight and then things calm down during the day tomorrow still a breezy day out there still could be some showers in the morning thursday looks like a much calmer day a blend of sun and clouds out there a much deserved break uh, by then in terms of the wind gusts wow i mean by 9 p.m could be gusting above 50 miles per hour along the shore maybe above 60 miles per hour by midnight even into parts of new york city especially brooklyn and queens are absolute Highest wind gusts could be achieved, say, around 2 o'clock in the morning, just after midnight over parts of Long Island. Could be between 60 and 70 miles per hour. Still a breezy day tomorrow, but not nearly as windy as what we're going to be experiencing overnight tonight. And look, another storm lined up. That comes in by Friday night into early Saturday. So significant flooding likely with the heavy rain tonight. Strong wind gusts of 50 to 60 miles per hour. The worst of this storm right through about midnight or 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And then things do begin to taper off. It's a morning shower and then mostly cloudy and breezy tomorrow. Watch for a Difficult morning commute, lingering flooding, and if roads aren't blocked by flooding, they'll be blocked by some downed tree limbs and power lines out there. So definitely prepare for some extra time for that morning commute. Clear to partly cloudy, brisk tomorrow night. We're down to about 37. Here's your AccuWeather seven-day forecast. Sun and clouds on Thursday, about 48, 45 Friday. Clouds moving back in. Rain coming in Friday night. That's another AccuWeather alert. More wind and heavy rain out there into early Saturday morning. That could exacerbate flooding. An early high of 57 Saturday falling. Much colder air moving in, and that means our next system Monday night into Tuesday could be in the form of something other than rain, but we'll take it one storm at a time.
time. Bill, we'll send it back over. Uh, to you. Jeffrey, would stay on the uh, stay on the shot for for one second. Sure. A quick question because we're going to go to Josh Einiger in in uh, in White Plains. I want to talk about that especially. But is everyone? susceptible to this throughout the tri-state? Oh, I think, I mean, everyone's going to get a ton of rain. And one thing that we're increasingly concerned about is the wind. I mean, we're seeing wind gusts up to 70 miles per hour in western New York and Buffalo. Charleston, South Carolina was gusting near 70 miles per hour. So those areas have experienced the brunt of the storm already, and that brunt is heading in our direction by later on tonight. There's going to be a host of problems out there. Yeah, and we're going to cover it all night. Jeffrey, thank you very much. Of course, there are big concerns and communities still saturated from this past weekend storm. More flooding, rivers cresting. Eyewitness News reporter Josh Einiger continues our coverage. As we said, he's on the road in White Plains uh, in uh, in our, in our camera car, right? Yes, road cam. There, there you go, Josh. Yeah, so we're, we're in road cam seven, road cam seven. Bill, it's been a while since I was Yes, it has been. It's good to be back. And we're actually, I want to tell you where we are and then I'm going to show you something okay. uh, live. We're actually sitting on the side of the Bronx River Parkway. We're in Scarsdale, just south of White Plains on Butler Road. And so I'm going to switch to the camera. I'm first going to turn on the windshield wiper so you could see better, if I can get that working. Sorry, it takes a- Your windshield wiper's better at work tonight. It is, right, exactly. Yeah. And I want to show you this. Oops. See that truck there? Yeah. That truck is just sort of sitting here at this exit, ready to stop traffic and divert it off the road. Now we're going to pull onto the road. Kevin Jager is driving, our photographer. I am sitting here talking and maneuvering this camera. Be careful, Kevin. We do things for safety. Bronx River Parkway, right, Kevin's being careful. We've been, we've been driving up and down all night. This whole stretch of the Bronx River Parkway between you know, Bronxville all the way up to White Plains is just notorious for flooding almost all the time. Uh, And this area you can see right now is open. It's a really nasty rainy night. Thanks to our windshield wiper on this camera, we could at least give you some kind of picture. But I wanna show you a video that Kevin just shot out of the truck just a, a few minutes ago in White Plains. And I think you should be looking at this. There's another utility, I think, DOT truck sitting at the Westchester County Center. And in the back of that truck, it's just stacked deep with dozens of road closed signs. They are ready because there's nothing they can do. The way the road is built right around and in and over and through the Bronx River Basin, uh, they know this is going to flood. It's just a matter of when. And, And that's the most preparation they can do is to be ready with signs to put out and actual trucks to uh, block uh, the roads so that people don't get stuck when the water does rise. We could show you other video just a few miles east of here in Mamaroneck uh, as Con Ed worked today to trim trees. One big thing about Westchester that people love is the trees. It's so wooded and nice and rural, but in a big storm like this with big gusts, it causes huge problems for the overground power grid. And so Con Ed went out today in force trying to tree, uh, trim uh, as many trees as they could to try to prevent widespread power outages, which they do fear will happen anyway. The wet ground, the constant thawing, unthawing, uh, also the high winds that are expected, 30, 40 mile per hour sustained, 50, 60 gusts. So it could be some damage, um, hopefully not, but we're here and we'll be working it during, before and after. If it does hit the way we're we're hearing, uh, it won't be the traditional areas that flood. I mean, they will flood, but we're gonna have other areas as well because it's gonna be hitting from so many different directions uh, with nowhere for the water to go. We're gonna have a lot of residents that are gonna be uncomfortable tomorrow. 
Yeah, Mamaroneck is prone to this sort of flooding also. The Mamaroneck River there knew this storm. There are cameras set up along the rivers, web uh, cameras, so that people can monitor water levels. Uh, and the DPW people can as well. It gives them a sense uh, for how to prepare and, and really how to respond. Back with a live look right now uh, at our roof camera, and I'm going to turn the wiper back on again. It has a habit of getting tired and turning off. You did see in that video, I failed to reference, video of the Bronx River Parkway where we are uh, flooded just a few months ago. That's what it looks like. And so, uh, you know, that's what they're bracing for uh, here. It's something that they are, uh, you know, well accustomed to, Bill, but uh, doesn't make it any easier uh, when they go through it every year. Good to see you and Kevin in Road Camp 7 again. Uh, be safe out there, Josh. And it's nice to see not that many people out on the roads because that's the mantra now. They don't want to be. I appreciate it. All yeah, right. you know, hey, Bill, the, yeah. you know what the best thing is about Road Camp 7? Let me know. No. We're dry. Yeah, we're dry. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Always smart. Josh, thank you very much. Uh, Josh Einiger reporting from White Plains in Westchester County. Thank you, Josh. Um, a state of emergency now in effect in New Jersey. We're going to go from Westchester County all the way to New Jersey. The biggest concerns, their rivers overflowing their banks, especially in the communities that were underwater just before Christmas. Joining us now with more on all this, Monmouth County Sheriff Sean Golden. Sheriff Golden, thank you for joining us. Where are you, if you could tell us right now? Hey, hey Bill, good, good to be with you. Yeah, we just uh, took a drive uh, along our coast here uh, on Ocean Ave, which is down in Belmar and Manasquan touring some of the coastal communities. Uh, that's where we're seeing our high wind gusts yeah. and, uh, you know, obviously some very rough surf. So, uh, you know, the rain is constant. Uh, the wind gusts have picked up over the last couple of hours. Um, very low numbers and power outages so far, but we do have a few accidents going around uh, the county here. And again, urging our people if they don't have to be on the roadways to uh, uh, stay off them. But uh, we anticipate uh, the, the, the wind picking up even a little bit more, uh, particularly along the coast here. Uh, a lot of gusts, probably about 60 miles an hour uh, on gusts, and uh, we'll see some power outages, no doubt. So we're at the ready with JCPNO. Yeah, um, you know, we we, have, we, th we thought about what we we're going to do tonight in this broadcast, and and we, we decided to have you as the sheriff because we we get a lot of the stuff up here in northern New Jersey, and you know we we know about the rivers, and we know about the elected officials who are having to deal with all this. We thought, you know what? The sheriffs on the coastline have to deal with a lot of this stuff, too. What's your job tonight? I assume you're going to be up all night uh, dealing with all this. Yeah, they, they, our, our, emergency, yep, our emergency management team, um, you know, we had staged a, a number of equipment. And like the uh, last flooding that we saw a couple months ago, uh, we had areas uh, with the lakes and the drainage problems, mm -hmm. uh, particularly during high tide uh, along the coast as the water pushes up from the ocean. And so uh, we positioned some large pumps in those tributary lakes uh, in those drainage lakes so in case uh, we do have to start pumping activities we haven't done that yet but uh, those are all the preparations that go in along with high water vehicles because of the low-lying area flooding and we don't want our, our residents to get stuck if they're out again you know the turn around don't drown uh, we yeah. don't want you out on the roadways if you don't need to be uh, certainly i think this storm when the, when the governor declared a state of emergency uh, you know with that in mind that allows our emergency management team um, to get ready and position themselves at the ready and uh, certainly uh, allows us to call for resources if need be. And I, I know uh, that that will be the case along the major rivers up in North Jersey. Uh, it looks like they're going to be impacted quite a bit. I want to bring in our, our, our meteorologist, Jeff Smith. And Jeff, before I get you, have, ask a question to, of, the, of the 
of the uh, sheriff. Sheriff, I do want to ask you, your men, are the, your men and women are the first responders in these situations, correct? Yeah, we have a lot of local police departments, but again, we all work as a team with our emergency management and our local OEM coordinators. So uh, everybody's at the ready. You know, certainly we're used to storms coming up the coast like this and the high wind gusts. We're just really concerned about, obviously, the downed trees and power lines. All right. uh, that that will uh, probably come in the next couple hours. Sheriff, we got a great expert here, one of our great meteorologists, Jeff Smith. And, and Jeff, what, what's going to happen up in Monmouth County tonight? Well, you know, Belmar right now gusting up to about 32 miles per hour. I think you will literally double those wind gusts by later on this evening. Yep. Check out what our future cast is showing. By midnight tonight, Belmar could be gusting up and above 60 miles per hour. So 60, surely, yeah, yeah, that's, surely that's there will here. be some, some power lines coming down. And actually, we have a, a product called our Power Outage Index. Oh, and that really jumps up after about 9 or 10 o'clock in a place like Monmouth County and the whole Jersey Shore, as a matter of fact, and then just kind of covers the entire area as we head toward midnight. Sheriff, the only saving grace in terms of coastal flooding from Monmouth County, I'm happy to report, is uh, that the winds should shift into more of a westerly direction by early tomorrow morning. So that yep. should avert the worst coastal flooding case in Monmouth County. Maybe you get some minor splash over at that high tide tomorrow morning, but you probably won't get a terrible coastal flooding situation because the wind won't be onshore at that point. No, that's, that's correct. It, it, that'll help us out not pushing up against you know, our four major rivers that drain, drain out that way. So uh, certainly that'll help us inland. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you, you got an expert right, right, right inside your car right now, uh, Mr. <laughs> Sheriff, uh, Sheriff. And I, and I think that's, yeah. that's a great thing. Um, what are you asking people to do before we say goodbye to you? What, what are you asking people in your area to do? Well, listen, they should be prepared for power outage. Because we always say this with this kind of storm, you know, with the down trees and the high gust winds, uh, be prepared for some type of outage. Uh, our partners at JCPNL and as you know, up north with PSE and G, uh, they have extra crews. They're at the ready, but those crews don't go out unless, uh, you know, it's under the 30 miles an hour and it's safe for them to do so to right. make the repairs. And then the repairs are for critical infrastructure first. We've got to take care of any of assisted living facilities, nursing homes, any of those things uh, that need to be done uh, before we go uh, block by block and restore neighborhood power. From Monmouth County, New Jersey, Sheriff Sean I really appreciate you taking the time, Sheriff Golden, and, and really no, you know, appreciate giving this information. And best to you tonight. Be safe, I know, and uh, yep. I know you're going to be working e- hard. Everyone stay safe. All Thanks right. again. Thank you, Sheriff. Really appreciate right. it. Of course, we invite you to stay with Eyewitness News and ABC7 for the very latest on what's happening overnight tonight. We're going to stay on top of it all night and bring you team coverage beginning on our television station, Channel 7 Eyewitness News, at 4 a.m. tomorrow with Eyewitness News this morning. We're going to be there early helping you navigate all of this. And as we continue with Eyewitness News Extra Time tonight, dozens of migrant families evicted during this storm from their hotel shelter in Midtown. Parents and children left in limbo. We're gonna dig deeper into their plight as we all deal with the rain. Next. The migrant crisis today, yes, even in this storm, taking a toll in Midtown Manhattan. Dozens of families forced out of their hotel shelter. The 40 families at the Row Hotel reaching the 60-day limit now imposed on their stay. And that's another mess for this crisis. Eyewitness News reporter Joe Torres has the story from the Roosevelt Hotel Intake Center in Midtown. Marianis Garcia's year-long stay at the Row Hotel in Midtown came to a sudden and abrupt end today. After a 60-day notice, the city exercised its shelter limit and evicted the 26-year-old and her three handsome boys. It's difficult, but we have to move forward, and we give thanks to God and the Row Hotel for taking us in. 
Garcia walked to the Roosevelt Hotel to reapply for shelter, but not everyone was ready to restart the application process. Angel Hernandez, also from Venezuela, will head south to reconnect with a family member in Philadelphia. That's exactly what city leaders designed the shelter limit to do. Move families to more stabilized housing. Entonces, pues, agradecido con Nueva York, agradecido con el país. So I'm grateful for New York, said the 36-year-old father of two teenage boys. I'm grateful for the United States, grateful for everything, because the truth is, it's gone well. Many doors were opened for me. This morning, the city controller met face to face with Maria Quero, an evicted asylum seeker who is eight months pregnant and has no idea where she'll rest her head tonight. Brad Lander told reporters he will launch an investigation into the city's shelter policies and protocols. I really don't know what could be more cruel than what the city of New York is doing right now. We're all doing this because we want to help people um, and making a plan with Maria so that when she has um, her baby, it could be a healthy baby. Dr. Longmare said that city staffers spent the last 60 to 90 days meeting several times with Maria and or her husband to talk about a housing plan moving forward. But we talked to the husband earlier today at the Rowe Hotel and he told us the only information that he got from the city was this. They have to leave the Rowe Hotel today. In Midtown, I'm Joe Torres, Channel 7. Eyewitness News. Joining us now with more, Christine Quinn, CEO and President of Women in Need, former City Council Speaker. Uh, Christine, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me and having the story. Th th this is like a storm within a storm is what we're seeing here. And, and it's, uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm going to start with a big question rather than the small question in New York. Why haven't we come up with an immigration policy that's going to help this? Because with the number of homeless people we have here, this is the last thing we need. But it's the first thing this city usually does because it tries to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a question for Washington. And before Washington was as dysfunctional as it is now, yeah. there were failed attempts at that. Um, and now it's even worse. But, you know, it, it's interesting. Because when this conversation comes up in Washington, immigrants get vilified. They almost get turned into criminals in the conversation. And if you look at Mayor Adams and how he has dealt with this crisis, he too has vilified the asylum seekers, saying that this crisis would you know, bring our city down, I'm paraphrasing, when we know that's totally not the case. Mm -hmm. So we need to learn that vilifying immigrants is not the way to address these problems and we shouldn't behave like washington we should behave like new york a place that always opens its doors to help others and that's what we need to do right now and i have i have been uh, and I, I i don't i want to keep on on track here but i want to say also that i think about new york city and the and the kind of crisis we're seeing around the world right now especially in the middle east and you know we we say we all work together we try to raise ships yep. and try to get people to you know, work on a level playing field. And that's a good thing about New York. We don't want to lose that because if the rest of the world had done this, we may not be in this situation. What, are your, what is your main, main point of attack here for how to deal with this crisis? So right now, that we are housing all of these asylum seekers in hotels, as just the story said. And we're kicking families out, pregnant women, 
families with little children after 60 days, which is only about harassing people to try to get them to go back to the country of origin or somewhere else. It's cruel. Now, look, if we gave all of these asylum seekers and other undocumented people who were in shelter, if we gave them housing vouchers, they would have a way out. Beyond that, the housing vouchers are cheaper per night significantly than what we're paying the hotel owners. Wow. The city could save $3 billion, uh, $3 billion if they switched from hotel to vouchers. And Bill, we just released a poll that says a vast majority of New Yorkers support giving undocumented people housing vouchers. This could be a game changer. Well, but the mayor, Mayor, mayor Adams, did suggest doing all these things. You talked about it on this show, on our newscast. You talked about it before. What made him change his mind? I don't know. I don't know. You know, sometimes I think there's fear politically that if you support undocumented people that there'll be a backlash. But our poll shows that's not the case. Our polls also shows New Yorkers want more done to help asylum seekers. So I don't know. But, you know, uh, I think one of the bravest things elected officials can do is change their mind. Yeah. So this is an opportunity now for the mayor to say, you know what? We should move forward with these vouchers for undocumented Got people. It. All right, last last question, and and but it's we could take an hour to talk about it. Um, I know. What, what's the state of play right now between this and also the the regular homeless situation that we right. have we have that has skyrocketed in the biggest city in the country? You know, the city of New York is lucky that there are groups like Wynn and the other not-for-profits because people are rising to the occasion. We're going to take over a hotel soon for migrants. So the people are getting served. But what we need to watch out for is budget cuts to the Department of Homeless Services yeah. and to the not-for-profits because that could be very yeah. damaging. Well, and budget cuts have already started and they're going to continue. So mm -hmm. it's it's a big it's a mess is what it is. It's a mess within a crisis. Christine Quinn, CEO and president of Win, uh, incredible organization. Thank you for joining us. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Christine. As we continue with Eyewitness News Extra Time, you're going to meet an extraordinary woman who is part of an impressive club. She's been around since Woodrow Wilson was in the White House. That was a few years ago. So what's her birthday wish on her big day? to take time to honor a woman, a special birthday celebration today for this woman on Long Island who has seen quite a few. Benza Benedito celebrated her 110th birthday today. She was born in 1914, the year World War I began. She is a great grandmother. So what's her birthday wish? All the happiness that I could get for the last few times that God will take good care of me. She talked to Kimberly Richardson today. Her son says she stays active by doing, of all things, paperwork. Mazel tov. Happy birthday. Stay with Eyewitness News and ABC7 for the very latest on what is going on right now. We've got our meteorologist in studio. And tomorrow morning, we're going to ask you to Watch us earlier, 4 a.m. We're going to bring your team coverage starting at 4 a.m. with Eyewitness News this morning to help you get out of the 
home safely or maybe stay in the home if you can't get out because it's going to last for a while. But it should clear up sometime tomorrow and not that late either. That's the good thing. So be safe out there. That wraps up this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. Thank you for joining us. I'm Bill Ritter. Again, we're back live on Eyewitness News at Channel 7 at 11 o'clock tonight. Stay inside and keep safe.